Hello, I'm Rick, and you're listening to Cards of Rick, a podcast on fortune telling and esotericism. I'm a cartomancer. In case you don't know it, cartomancy is fortune telling using playing cards. This podcast is about mysticism, mainly focused on divination practices. On the human trajectory of consulting oracles since antiquity, I'm going to present you four shows: one for each phase of the moon. The episodes are going to be launched following the moon calendar, so stay tuned. The moon is waning, and today is third quarter moon. Premiere of our show, joking apart. In this show. I'm going to share with you my personal, subjective thoughts on esoteric matters, so you can get to know me a little bit better, and together we may reflect on contemporary issues concerning mystic practices. Drinking a cup of black tea—that's how I like to start my day. And talking about tea, as odd as the following statement might sound for an esoteric channel, esotericism is not my cup of tea. Crystal balls are so expensive, and occultism treatises so complicated. Eliphaz Levi's doctrine and ritual of high magic. Is so full of, well, doctrine and ritual. So are Brazilian Creole religions. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but I'll surely talk about it in the future. What I can tell you in advance is, they're complicated to practice, and besides, poor chickens. Whenever I get to read any witchcraft grimoire recipe, I remember that someone made that up. And people can make up quite prolix stuff. Actually, occultism treatises, mainly those from the 19th century, often make me wonder if they deliberately assumed that the more complicated, the better. When they go to science to prove their spiritual beliefs, in my conception, it only gets worse, for the result is pseudoscience. At least Eliphaz Levi and Blavatsky are more charming with their occultist aesthetics. I guess I'm more interested in the aesthetic experience than in the mechanics of esoteric practices. For me, these are more artistic than scientific. Never mind how much hermetic, Rosicrucian, or allegedly quantic one may get, I still repeat my everyday mantra: Someone made this up. The esoteric use of rose quartz, for example, esoteric gemstones lovers usually agree that it's the stone of pure love and sweet romance, and this has become a contemporary esoteric tradition. Rose quartz is the stone of love, most probably because of its color, light pink, the color of true love. 
But who discovered this property, and how did they do it? The color pink became fashionable in the 18th century when it was associated with luxury. But it was not considered a girl's color then. It was not associated with delicate girly things like romance. Actually, it was a boy's color, for it was perceived as a pale red, which was a milder male tone. The female color par excellence was blue, associated with the Virgin Mary. The feminization of pink. Only came to happen around the mid 19th century, when men were wearing dark, sober shades, and pink became a tinge of female wardrobes, especially common in lingerie, and a color often worn by prostitutes. I myself love rose quartz; it's so beautiful, and I associate it with this curly, sugarly, romantic feeling. I'm aware, though, that this association. Is a cultural construction. It has a historical context. Mystical experience is quite personal and subjective. This influenced by cultural factors. It's not science and doesn't need to be. Therefore, fact is, one day someone eventually came up with this. The same for official, established traditions as the great monotheist Abrahamic religions or the traditional religions of the Gold Coast in the West of Africa. One might have faith in any holy literary corpus, written or oral, whether it is the Bible, the Koran, the Torah, or Yoruba verses of Ifa. But faith doesn't change the fact that. Someone eventually made it up. Yes, dear, the Bible did not fall from heaven. People wrote it. Whether they were inspired by the divine or not, we just don't know it. We can't be sure. We weren't there, but one is free to have faith in it. It's one's prerogative. The oldest traditions were also created by people at some point of history. Why do I personally consider it so important to remember the earthly, human origins of all spiritual traditions? I think looking at my own mystic experience from a distance helps me from getting too credulous. For too much of a readiness to believe in anything is quite dangerous. That's the first step to fanaticism. I shall content myself with uncertainty. The mystical is elusive, an impression, reverie. It's rose perfume. When playing cards arrived in Europe and became quite popular in Renaissance, some people had the idea of using them for fortune telling. Cards weren't invented for this purpose. Registers of fortune telling using playing cards indicate that this practice. Was, as a matter of fact, merely a light form of amusement, drawing room pastime, nothing to be taken seriously. Even so, more than 600 years later, here I am, a fortune teller myself, spreading this tradition. I don't need to believe that cartomancy comes from a lost past of ancient Egypt, revealed to humankind by any 
cat-headed goddess. That would have been quite interesting indeed. I would love it because I'm very much fond of kittens, but it probably didn't happen like that. Being aware that someone just made something up doesn't necessarily spoil the magic of it. To the contrary, the creative genius of humankind is divine for itself. People are inspired by the gods and nymphs, and sometimes they make up great stuff, like, mm, like the gods themselves and the nymphs, cartomancy and black tea. They can create weird stuff too, like pouring some milk into tea, and that is spoiling. Please, not in my cup. The next episode of Joking Apart is going to be in the next third quarter moon, so stay tuned. See you there.